it didn't listen to me. It walked out of the thicket, it turned around and looked at me. They looked up and in this tree, there was a monkey man. And the monkey man jumped down out of the tree and started running away. And suddenly they're right in front of the car. He slams on the brakes and manages to stop and he's skidding because it's not quite, you know, um, gravelling. And for literally for about a second and a half, they just stood there because they don't know where to go. And you tell them panicking, they're like ripping up thing. Their, their, their face is like twitching. to Bigfoot Society, a podcast where we focus on cryptids, the strange, and the unexplained of this world. If you've got a story or something weird to share, send an email over to me at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support this show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. And now, on with the show. All right, all right. Welcome, everyone, to Strange Stories with Jeremiah Byron. We're up to episode number 21, believe it or not. Uh, we got some some pals uh, already in here. Let's shout some people out here. I know uh, Hides and Long Grass is already wanting to know what the call-in number is. Area 51 is wondering if Hides is here. Uh, we've got Patrick McFarland. Happy Sunday evening. Patrick's part of the Squatch crew. What's up? Uh, you can hit the join button to uh, get your name highlighted and get an emoji next to your name. We got Davis Adams. How's it going, Davis? Rocking the Swoop of Mania shirt, I bet. And we've got Cassie's Cryptid Land. Cassie, how is it going? She says, hey, everyone, good to see you here. So this is Strange Stories with Jeremiah Byron. It is a live call-in show. Um, and this is, uh, of course, live on YouTube. And recorded for the Bigfoot Society podcast. Uh, if you've got a strange story at all, anything to do with Bigfoot, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, anything you can't explain, you are welcome to call on in with your story, 515-809-0165. Um, the only thing that I ask is that uh, one call per show and also... Uh, Keep the language clean, please, because you never know where these uh, show up. But uh, we are a few minutes into our Sunday episode. We do these once a week now, Sunday night, 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. we got seven people hanging out. Put in the chat uh, who's in here. Say uh, where you're, you're from. If you haven't commented yet, just put something in there so I know uh, who's in there. And also uh, share this in your groups on uh, your different social media platforms, Discord, Facebook, all that good stuff. Send out a post on your YouTube channels, um, all that good stuff. Uh, Hyde says he's, Hyde's in long grass is here, but loading groceries in the car. Hey, that's that's cool. Uh, load the groceries first. That's way more important. Uh, Area 51 is Seattle, Washington. Ooh, from the PNW. I love it. I bet you you got some crazy stories out there, my friend. Um, let's see, what have I been doing while we're waiting for our first call here? Um, well, had a, a really nice laid back, uh, Sunday afternoon. It was nice. Got to read some of the Bigfoot influencers. 
I shot this out. Get a copy of this if you don't have it already. Great book uh, by Tim Halloran. Met him at CryptidCon. Fantastic dude. Uh, also, another book, and I, I don't have a physical copy of this, so I can't show it on camera. But in uh, preparation for a future episode of Bigfoot Society, I got a copy of Mount Shasta's Forgotten History and Legends by D.W. Naif. And uh, such a good book. Oh, my goodness. It talks about everything. It talks about Native American legends. It talks about cults, all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, talks about what would happen if Mount Shasta exploded. It's a phenomenal book. So I'm going to be contacting the author, see if I can get him on the show. We'll talk about legends and lore uh, for um, Mount Shasta. So let's see. We got Patrick saying, hey, who's just in Washington, October. Love the PNW. I do too. Uh, except for the whole, it, it burns a lot. Um, that was kind of a, that's kind of a deal breaker for me, but I love going on vacation there. Oh my goodness. It, it's fun. All right. We're a few minutes into uh, Strange Stories of Jeremiah Byron, number 21. Guys, if you've got any stories to share, this is a live call-in show, so we're waiting for our first caller. Um, you can go ahead and call in 515-809-0165. Looks like our friend Mike Casey from Washington State is here. Michael Freeman's show was awesome on the Bigfoot Influencers. Yeah, that was tonight earlier. Caught some of that myself. If you haven't checked that out, check it out afterwards. It's, it's a good episode. Uh, good episode with Mr. Mike Freeman. And uh, pick yourself up a copy of the uh, his new book as well from Hangar One. Good stuff, good stuff. All right. Well, we are we are easing into the week. We got uh, another work week until until Christmas time. Actually, we got a few. We still got time. So if you haven't gotten presents yet, you know it's time to get them. I lean away from the mic to drink the water. That's the important thing. Guys, um, appreciate Hey, I appreciate you too, Mike. You're the man, dude. Check out uh, check out Mike's YouTube channel. Uh, he just posted a new video today. It's pretty awesome uh, about the Bluff Creek area, his adventure out there back in 2021. So yeah, you definitely want to check that out. Make sure you subscribe to Mike. He is a good dude and up-and-coming researcher for show. So we got a few people hanging out tonight. We're waiting for the first caller here. So uh, let, let's see what let's recap what happened last week. Last week was pretty fun. Uh Oh, what I'm not going to talk about because we got first caller. Call from Hides and long grass. To accept, oh, press boy. one. To send a voicemail, press two. Hi, is this Hides and Long Grass? Yes. Awesome. Just want to say real quick, thanks for calling. Uh, this is live on YouTube. Record for the podcast and keep it clean. How's it going there? It's going well. Going right. well. Yeah, I had to bring, I had to load the groceries into the car, but uh, that's oh, my go. regular Sunday night, Sunday night festivities. <laughs> um, I, I know you're doing strange calls. I, I wish I had a Bigfoot sighting I could tell you about, but I don't. All right. Except for the except for the one time that I turned out to, to be misidentified as Bigfoot. But ah. That's another story. 
Um, I did have, about 15 years ago, I had a, a shadow person mm. sighting or visit. Yeah. you want to call it that. Uh, it wasn't very pleasant. It was terrifying. Okay. But at the time, I, I didn't know what a shadow person was, which sure. was highly unusual because I grew up with stories of Roswell and, and you know, I grew up with stories of Star Wars and E.T. and the thing and close encounters of the third. I grew up with all that. And I grew mm. up with, you know, when mm. I was older, I, I, you know, I enjoyed watching X-Files. I enjoyed listening to Art Bell and every reference to shadow people always seemed to be the sort of thing where you just sort of nod and like, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I really didn't. I, I really never understood what it was. <clears throat> so it was kind of weird. Uh, about 15 years ago, I, uh, it was, this was of course after nine 11, where people's employers, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of who their employers were, would tell people, you know, terrorists will, will, will want to hit you at work, but they might also wait until you leave your highly secured building yeah. and go home and hit you where you're a weak target. So we had training that we had to go through. A lot of us roll our eyes and think, you know, we're not important enough. Terrorists wouldn't go after us. It's no big deal. But about 15 years ago, I've got two small children. And I was sleeping with the bedroom doors open, a little bit of light coming from down the hall through the dining room in the kitchen, the light above the stove we left on, which was just enough light in case I had to get up and deal with a diaper or get up and deal with a screaming kid. It was enough light that I wouldn't find myself running into walls or breaking my toes on, you know, the, the, you know, the legs of the bed, which had happened prior to me realizing I needed to leave a light on somewhere. So, excuse me. So the lights on down the hallway, I I wake up one night and the foot of my bed is pointed towards the door, but it's actually my wife's side of the bed that lines up perfectly with the door. I would have gone around the corner of the bed to get to the door. So I, I, briefest second, like my eyes are open as I'm rolling over, and and there's a silhouette of a man standing in the door. Oh no, my goodness, no. Yeah, so I've got two. I got two little boys, and I mean, it, it occurs to me that it's a man. It, it's got the upper body mass of a man. It's just not a figure. It's not like a shapeless figure. It's got the upper body mass of a man. And while I couldn't make out facial features, there were no glowing eyes there was no hat it wasn't a hat and there, there's, there's, i didn't know what a shadow person was at the time there were no features other than i had a feeling on the side of the head there was just enough illuminated kind of like the, the temple and the cheekbone that i could tell it was facing into the room so there's a man standing in the doorway of my room he's big right there's not a lot of distance between the top of his head and the door frame and i'm thinking i'm in trouble you know <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in I'm in a situation where it's like it, he could be on me in like two seconds, and it's going to take more than two seconds for me to whip the covers off, which I you know I didn't have sleep paralysis. I did move my arm behind me. I was going to whip the covers off, swing my feet over the edge of the bed, reach for the nightstand drawer, open it with my left hand, grab a pistol with my right hand, chamber around, turn and engage. I needed more time. I didn't have it. 
Oh man! The, the guy's not breaking down the door. The guy's literally standing in the doorway. It's um, game over. I don't have the time. I mean, he's going to be on my back while I'm pulling that door open. I'm completely screwed. And I think in that moment, if he can't tell which lump is me and which lump in the bed is my wife, he's just going to start spraying bullets. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, well, if I sit up, he sees me, hopefully the bullets hit me, not my wife. Yep. And the guy hits me and he's gone. That's his goal. The dogs aren't barking. No element of the security system has gone off. Oh, man. Okay, this guy's a professional. Yeah. He's going to hit me and he's going to be gone. Now, my wife will probably wake up and, you know, at least the children will have one parent. You know, they won't right. be orphans. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just thinking, I was like, well, shit, you know, I guess I had a good run. Sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Um, I had a good run and I'm dead. Uh, so I look back at my wife and I'm thinking, honey, honey, I love you. Yep. I had a good run. You know, hopefully this isn't too traumatic for you. And I look back towards the door as I start to sit up and he's not there. Mm. And I scan around the room with what limited light there is. And then quickly grab the firearm, mm-hmm. chamber around, which I left it chamber empty because right. um, chamber around and I'm ready to engage. I'm going around the house, round in the chamber, finger in the trigger guard. I know there's somebody there. Wow. So I go, if, if you know what room clearing is, it, it's a process where you, you go very slowly but methodically. First thing I did was I went to the bathroom, check the bathroom, turn on that light. Now, that light actually, there's enough light coming out of the bathroom light and the light coming from above the stove that I won't need any more light upstairs in my house. I then I have enough light there, cleared the bathroom. I know that my bedroom's clear. A, a man about my size is going to cause the hardwood floor to creak. Uh-huh. Instantly, I go to the baby's room. Uh-huh. Check the baby's room. Everything's good. Go to the oldest child's room. Check there. Everything's good. Stick my head back in my wife's room, peek around, and now I'm going for the dining room. I crouch down. I'm looking under the table, make sure there's nobody under there. I'm cutting the corner, working my way into the, so I can see all the aspects of the living room. Okay, so go over through the living room. I'm sorry, I'm in a rancher with a basement. So okay. the upstairs is the main floor. Yep. So I go to the front door, I'm checking it. Instantly, I'm turning around, I'm checking it, reaching behind me. Door's locked from the inside. He didn't go out this door. Okay. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't lock the door on his way out. I didn't hear it either. Um, and this is a door that requires a little bit of a slam. And a little bit of a push shot. It's not a quiet closed door. So I didn't hear that. So I said, okay, he didn't go out this way. He went to the kitchen. He went downstairs. So now the cut in the kitchen, that angle was, was really, really slow. But I'm trying to take advantage of looking through the reflection in windows. I'm looking through the reflection in the oven glass. And I'm coming around. I'm checking everything. I'm like, okay. I get Smart. over, open the pantry door. Nothing in the pantry. Okay, I'm like, okay, he's downstairs. So I go to the stairs. The very top of the stairs is a door that goes out the side of the house. Check that. It's locked and dead bolted from the inside. He's downstairs. I go down the stairs and I'm thinking, I get to the bottom of the stairs. I'm done. He's got me. I can't move right. I can't move left. I can't jump straight up. I can't go anywhere because I'm stuck in a stairwell. Uh-huh. So I'm coming down with my back pressed up against the wall. I get to the very bottom. Now the dogs sleep downstairs in a kennel. And, and, well, it's a it's one big kennel with a divider in the middle because the dogs are pack animals. Uh-huh. They live together. So they're in a kennel down there. And I'm thinking they're dead, but I heard them start moving. Oh man. 
and I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, what did he? Why didn't they bark? Mm-hmm. Right? I open up the door. I, I flip on the light first, and then I open the door real fast. Now the door only moves about 45 degrees because there's a vent work in the ceiling that prevents the door from opening all the way. It just opens 45 degrees. Sure. So it opens 45 degrees. The lights on. The dogs are going to be behind the door. They're not barking. So I continue clearing the house. I go to the bathroom downstairs. I go into the laundry room. I go into the furnace room. There's nothing. And the downstairs door is a sort of door you cannot lock once you're outside, nor can you lock it and go out. And that's locked. And I'm thinking, I missed him. He's upstairs. So I let the dogs out of the cage. They're running around. I want them to engage him. I want them to bark. I want to know where this guy is. Go back upstairs. Nothing. Can't find anything. Oh, man. Can't find a broken window. I can't find how he got in. I put the dogs back in the kennel. I spend the rest of the night sitting in a dark living room. Firearm on the pillow next to me on the right, like the the cushion, the sofa cushion to my right. And I'm awake the whole night. Absolutely. I, I know there's somebody there. I know it. I saw it. He was there. I wasn't petrified. I didn't have sleep paralysis. This was Uh something I experienced. Now, it took me, with the training I have, if something like that happens, you're supposed to record it. And I don't have a, I don't have a broken window. I don't have a reason. I don't have anything missing in the house. Right. I don't have any indication that there was somebody there. And I'm thinking, I can't, I can't, well, I mean, how do I go to my employer? And say this, I don't have a police report. I don't have anything to give a police report. There's nothing missing. Like my work ID, my laptop, everything I bring home, my, 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 you know, the little ID badge for work and the security badge to get from through this door and that door and all that. So all that's there. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really struggling with myself for about a week. Should I report this? Yeah. Oh, man. And ultimately, I didn't. Because okay. it took about a week for me to tell myself. It was a nightmare. There wow. Was stress. I've got kids and I'm not sleeping good. And it didn't happen because I couldn't find anything to back up my eyewitness experience. But there was a man in my house, a large man. There was no other distinguishing characteristic other than, like I, like I said, the side of his head. I want to say there was like temple, eye socket, sort of structure on the side of his head that said he was looking my way. And I didn't, I didn't know what to make of it. I, I, I just, I, I tried to tell myself I saw a scary movie, but there was no scary movie like that. Right? Sure. He doesn't have a hat. He doesn't have a claw. He doesn't have a hockey. I was just going to ask. Yeah. See? Okay. Yeah. And I'm just, I was just trying to tell myself, maybe it's all the archetypes of somebody scary. Oh, wow. Right. All of this came together and, and manifested itself in my head. And that's what I'm telling myself. And, and I was convinced that it was a bad dream, stress, you yeah. got little kids, yeah. you're not sleeping on it. And I convinced myself it was that. And my yo- my youngest child, when he was about seven, a show came on TV that he loves called Monster Quest. Oh, yeah, dude. And at one point, they're, yeah, right? One point they're talking about um, Mothman. Uh-huh. And one of the elements of Mothman that some eyewitness saw was like this dark figure in their room. Sure that walked through and, and then the next day their dad died. And I was, they're talking about the, the omen aspect of Mothman. And I was just thinking, how scary was that to hear that there was an omen? And I'm trying to think back now. I got to go back seven years. And I'm thinking like, um, I don't remember anybody dying. 
but there was before we moved into that house it was disclosed to us that an old woman had died mm. clearly mm-hmm. not a ghost because not an old woman that was a that was a large sized man with upper body mass and you know the sort of, the sort of thing when you if you look in the doorway and it's an old lady okay that's creepy right she's probably not going to murder you in your sleep she comes running at you with cookies yeah i mean yeah i I saw a man i mean i was terrified and everything and i didn't know what to make of it real quick sorry real quick you you said it was just you saw dark figure could you make out any clothes at all or anything like that no now i wasn't so much concerned with clothes like i said I, i don't remember there being a hat I don't remember glasses or anything that would have been any structure. Was there a okay. beard? I don't know if the guy had a beard. I couldn't make out structure. I couldn't make out clothes. But like I said, the side of the head told me eye socket, temple, yeah. Um, yeah. cheekbone. That's that's all I got. And there's a man. And that's all that matters. I don't care if he's wearing dressed in GQ or he's wearing a suit or he's got a tie. Now, at this point, I'm just worried about how do I – put bullets in this thing like why yeah right how do i get rid of it yeah Yeah, absolute terror but i wasn't able to move and it was just the the weirdest thing now uh, um around the time lou elizondo came out oh sure told the world about ufos and lots of podcasters are popping up talking about ufos one podcaster in particular i found had a better quality podcast or let's just say at the time was the best podcaster i could find Okay. And that podcaster had one episode. I went back and I looked at this podcaster's stuff, and they had one episode about shadow people. And I listened. It was a deep dive. It was an hour and a half of shadow people. I wanted to vomit. Do you mind I sharing who that is? Uh, sure. It's uh, Christina Gomez. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay, very cool. Is, very cool. You yeah. know, shifting the paradigm and mysteries of history. So mm-hmm. she did an hour and a half of shadow people and i wanted to throw up wow it, it all came back to me hard like mm. like post-traumatic stress oh, like yeah. it all hit me and i was just like well she, you know she talked about the elements of the hat person and sometimes her sure. eyes blood which i have no recollection of any of that but it was absolutely terrifying to hear other people have experienced that too because like, like i said i was a dad i'm busy i don't have time to go down you know, rabbit holes or look at the, look at the sort of books I used to when I was a kid. I don't have time to rewatch X-Files, but she described everything. She just everything hit it on the head. Experience. I mean, I, I, I wanted to hurl, man. It's like I had, and thinking about it now, just going back to how terrified I was, I get, I get a little bit of like a tremble, like a, like a butterfly. I have another question for you. Um, yeah, was, uh, did you find out, uh, the question from the chat, uh, uh, Pat, did you um did you find out anything weird ever happened at the uh the house or the property around it? Any weird history at all? Uh, mm, well, I know that a lady had died there before we moved in. Um, old and frail. Okay. So I don't know of anybody else dying there. I do want to say that that house had a fire back in the late. 70s i think which we found out when we were redecorating there were some things that didn't match up original to the house and there was one neighbor who lived next to us whose parents owned that house before and we asked him and we're like we had some things that didn't quite seem to fit the house for the time frame it was built yeah and he did confirm for us that there was a fire 
I said, did anybody die? He said, no, it was, it was a, it was a minor fire. And I think it happened when one person was home smoking and they were able to get out in time. And for whatever reason, like the fire sort of cut itself off. Like it only ran into so much stuff that could burn. Well, that's so I guess weird. it was a fast, fast burn. And then it just sort of kind of put itself out yeah, because it hit know. drywall. Because drywall is, is like, well, gypsum, right? So it's, oh, it's yeah, sure. Okay. Through. So Fair enough. Good Whatever point. could burn, Good burned, point. and then it came to a, like a natural stop. Mm-hmm. So and, and or, or, or it slowed down enough that the fire department got there and kept it from getting out of control. So that was it. Um, now, wow. I, I, it's, that area, it's, it's elevated. I don't think there was ever a, a like an old Indian burial ground or nothing. I, I, there's nothing that I can really equate to the, what happened there. I, I don't know. Could it have been stress? I look back and I think I always thought it was, but when I heard what shadow people were, I, it fit the description perfectly. The Civil War history area? Uh, no. Okay. No. Um, okay. No, uh, and, and not even Revolutionary War. Wow. Nothing. There wouldn't, there wouldn't have been anything else. Now, that's that was weird. A one, that was a one-time thing, and I still live in that house. Of course, the, we built the master bedroom downstairs when baby number three came along. Sure. But um, I've lived in that house all this time. Nothing. Nothing else. Dude, that's that. weird. Yeah, and I, I don't have an explanation. What I, a I story. I've heard people tell me, like, it could have been a period of time in your life where it gotten so dark that you were able to see things that exist on a slightly different level. Dude, I don't know. Well, I have no idea. How I long really after like, uh, How long after 9-11 did you say again? Um, within five years. Okay. I mean, those were, those were dark. Like, I, I think we're both older, older guys. Those were, like, stressful, dark times dude like man it was a different it was a different world back then well it's a different world now that's a different story but back then it was all it there was stress man there was some stress going around for sure i could get it yeah yeah but man so so that's my shadow person story i don't have anything else dude that's that's a great story Thank so you for I sharing that. I to share that with you. Uh, if anyone has nightmares, I, I am sorry. Please send all complaints. To the <laughs> there you go. Hey, let us know if anything <laughs> else happens, though. All right. Will do. I'm looking forward to more stories. Guys. All right. Thanks for calling. All right. Thank you. Bye. Whew. What a story. Oh, boy. Uh, that's, you know... That brought back some memories uh, from childhood there, you know, uh, trying to get to sleep at night and just like, just hoping you didn't see the fig. Like, not that I ever saw the figure in the hallway, but, you know, uh, there's just something about like, you know, you see the shadow in the corner of your room or the shadow in the hallway um, and, and you hope it's not there, right? That's a weird story, man. That's that's gonna that's gonna make me think for a while. Um, if anyone else, uh, this is strange stories with Jeremiah Byron. We got ten people hanging out. If you haven't commented, throw a comment down in the chat. Let me know that you're here. And if you've got, uh, we're about halfway through the episode. If you've got a strange story to share, uh, UFO, alien, Bigfoot, cryptids, weird stuff, paranormal. All I ask is that you keep it clean. 
because you never know who uh, listens to these or where they show up. And, you know, we just want to do that. So uh, you can go ahead. <laughs> Area 51 is like, all right, my turn. That's funny. Hey, he wasn't he wasn't joking. Call from Area 51. To accept, press 1 to send a voice email. Hey, Area 51. How's it going? Pretty good. How's it going? Good, good. Real quick. This is live on YouTube recorded for the podcast. And uh, keep it clean, please. How are you doing, sir? Doing well. How are you? I'm great, man. Just had a great story from uh, uh, Hides in Long Grass. Let me update who we've got uh, here real quick, though. Area. Yeah, he's putting me on the spot right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did? You're just, yeah, that's funny. So, yeah, thank you for having me. Um, oh, yeah, and, you. Uh, and it's nice to meet you as well. This is my second time on, on the show, and uh, I, I went to Hyde. He, he brought me in. I love it. Oh, man, that's the way it's it's got to work. This is all pretty much uh, uh, word of mouth, so that's how it works, guys. Like, you know, tell your friends, have them – call in have them listen for a few episodes but so let, there's got to be something weird from your area that you've experienced there's, there's got to be uh there's a lot actually okay. uh, uh but i wanted to tell a bigfoot story i have three i love it in mind um Ooh. just to i want i could tell a shadow person story but i'll save that for later because it's All kind right. of a long one but All um right. I'll, I'll do one that they got me interested in, in, in Bigfoot. Uh, it's not personally mine, but it was still a very good story just because of the person that I knew. Sure. And the way it started was, um, it was like the first day of, of, of eighth grade. I was in middle school and uh, I was in math class on my first day. And I met this guy uh, named Dakota. And we, 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 we touched on the reason why we became, we became actually pretty good friends is because um, we shared a uh, similar interest in music and our favorite bands uh, happened to be similar, uh, one of them being Linkin Park. So we touched a lot on that. And there was one time, I think he was talking about how he goes, do you believe in like any kind of uh, paranormal things like ghosts or mm. uh aliens or ufos and i go yeah i do actually i'm not so sure i said about the the cryptids but you know i do believe in ufos and aliens and, and things like that and so he's like do you want to hear a story and i go sure and so the story begins out with his dad being the sheriff out in montana and they're they're in a very isolated area in the 1980s i believe like mid mid 1980s and he's at the sheriff's department uh, and there's like a disturbance call, and then his, his uh, boss basically tells him, "Hey, can you go out and check this uh, this call? Uh, they're hearing weird things outside their, their their house, and can you just go check it out? It could just be a bear." So he goes out there. It's about you know an hour away, and by the time he gets there, you know it's dark. Uh, the lights are are on for the family and there's a there's a guy just sitting on the porch with a shotgun basically uh -oh. so there's two large containers uh, i'm not sure if you're familiar with like the the shipping boat containers sure they're about you know 40 feet long about 
uh, I want to say eight feet tall. And he gets out of the car, obviously out of his uh, car, and he goes and tries to go talk to to the person that's sitting there with the shotgun. And he goes, uh, so yeah, so I got a call that there's a disturbance out here. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, um, there's something banging on the on the containers, and we kept hearing this loud roar. Mm. And he goes, okay, well, you know, uh, just remain inside and let me go check it out so he goes between these two containers and he's flashing the light uh around he could see that these things have been dented almost like someone was punching them oh wow and there was there was a lot of scratches uh around the whole thing like it was like something was trying to get in right and he keeps looking around and looking around and he circled you know the perimeter and basically nothing it was flashing into the woods nothing was around anymore but he did say that he he, when he came back he said that he talked to the guy and said that there was like this horrible stench and he could still smell it in the air when he was around the containers and so he went back to talk to the family because obviously it was a, a guy his his wife and then like i think it was three daughters and he goes back in and he's like uh from the looks of it just looks like it might have been a bear thinking that there was food in there uh-huh. uh I mean, what are you storing in there? He's like, there is food in there, but I mean, it's not like rotten or anything. So, and you can't smell it from the outside. I mean, I don't know how, how a bear uh, senses things or, you know. So he goes, okay, well, I'm going to make a report and, you know, just, just keep inside if you see anything else or you hear anything else, you know, you can always give us a call back. So he gets back in his cop car, uh, sheriff's car, and he just drives back know to the station and uh about 30 minutes so he's halfway there he gets a call again and he goes hey you need to go back there whoa and he goes i was just there and he goes either you can come all the way back to the sheriff's uh department and then make your way back again or you just go and turn around right now (laughs) and he goes but i just it's like it just seems like he's like you need to go back they're terrified so he goes back, and he's like, fine, whatever. Yui's goes back, and he gets to where um, where he was parked again, right? And, and his uh, lights are flashing towards where the containers are next to the tra- trailer home. And he says that uh, when he was pulling up, he could see this huge figure with, like, big muscles and hairy chest mm. and hairy body just banging on the containers again. And... The thing turned around when they saw him with the lights, and it had these red glowing eyes inside, and it just looked at him, oh, and you man. could see the breath coming out of it. And he was, he didn't know what it was. He thought he was still thinking it was a bear, and he was frozen. Grabbed his gun, and he got out, and he started shooting in the air. And he said that it let this this, this huge screeching roar while I looked at it. And he was looking at him in the eyes, and he said it was standing above the size of the container. So the size of the container, like I said, is about eight feet. I think, to be fair, it's about seven, seven, ten, maybe eight feet. And it was standing like its head was still above it. And it was trying to get in and slamming its hands against it and just banging into it and screaming at at, um, my friend's dad. 
And he said he started shooting up into the air to try to scare it away. Yep. And finally, when he ran out of bullets, he just kind of like stopped and then was just looking at him. And then he just ran away. Like the thing just went into the woods and just ran. Wow. But he said while he was running out into the woods, it was still like screaming. Oh, that and, would be weird, man. And so he went and checked in um, to see if the family was okay. And, you know, after he, he gathered himself together. And you could see that the door had been dented, and that hadn't happened when he left the house. So when he oh, when he was knocking on the door, the guy finally came out. The lights were off, and he had a shotgun on him, and his family was hiding behind the couches. Wow. While he came out, he's like, the thing tried to get inside, he said. Oh, no. And he goes, uh, yeah, so basically he's like, well, it's gone. Uh, I mean, at this point, he doesn't know what to do, right? So he's just like you. Just you're just gonna have to keep, you know. What I did, which is like scare it off with like you know like warning shots, unless you want to shoot at it. But he goes, that wasn't a bear. You know, because you know you can tell what a a bear wouldn't stand. Well, actually, I've never actually seen a bear, so in person. So, I mean, to be above the container, uh, it's pretty big. It's pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. pretty big, and it's 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 hitting, it's hitting it and denting it and scratching it. So, obviously, he was probably hungry, is what I said. And he told me the story, and I was kind of blown away. You know, this is like the first story I've ever heard of someone encountering Bigfoot. And I go, man, I gotta. Obviously, I need to hear it from the dad as well. Yeah. And and so I stayed the night at his house one time, and. Um, I asked, I asked him, I was like, where's your dad? And his dad's a writer. He's a, he's a, he's a writer. Um, and then he works from home. And so I asked him about it and he, he was able to give me a little bit more detail. And so that's how I know more, more of the story. Cause when he told me the story it was a little vague, Okay. but yeah, once, once, once I heard it from the dad, go, that is a pretty amazing story, man. Wow. Yeah. That's and intense. And he said, yeah, he had a reporter. He went back and, uh, he hadn't told it until he had his, you know, Dakota, and he told it to Dakota, and Dakota told it to me, and I go, "Wow, that's a uh, that's impressive." I said, "Pretty good story, dude." Thank you for sharing that. That's good stuff, there, man. Yeah, no, no, no problem. Tried to yeah, get in the I, house. I hope everyone liked it. I mean, it's not my personal story. I, I'll, I'll have more. Uh, hopefully, if we if we make it to next week. So. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> well, right. That without without trying to make any promises, I mean, I'll I'll be here next next Sunday. So, well, I I appreciate you when you you know do your best to to get here, and uh, we'll see you when yeah, we can. No. But thanks for calling in, Area Fifty One. That was a great story. Yeah, thank you, thank you for having me. I hope everyone enjoyed that. Have a good night. You as well. Whew. that was that was pretty intense. I I. If we're at the point where Bigfoot's trying to get in my house, it's it's pretty much game over, kids. Uh, boy, I don't know, man. That Montana area. Stuff happens in Montana. That's right. Pat's saying good story. Yeah, that was good stuff. That was good stuff. We had some good stories so far. We had we had a shadow shadow man story. We had a awesome uh Montana. Bigfoot story, the sheriff in the Bigfoot is what I'm going to call it. Uh, we got Fife Bot hanging out here. Very good story. Guys, we got about 
just over 20 minutes left. If you've got a, uh, a story to share, this is Strange Stories of Jeremiah Byron. Uh, you can go ahead, call on in, 515-809-0165. Can go ahead and take this down for now. So we're just we're just hanging out. People are saying good stuff. Good to see you, Alan. Always good to see you in here. Uh, if you've got a story, anything weird that's happened to you, uh, anything uh, Bigfoot, cryptids, uh, UFO, aliens, paranormal stuff you can't explain, go ahead, call on in, 515-809-0165. Uh, you can go ahead and share your story. Uh, this is live on YouTube, of course, and uh, recorded for uh, the Bigfoot Society podcast. <clears throat> so. We are, man, had a great weekend, did a lot of uh, research for the future, a lot of trying to contact people to come on. Uh, let's see, what can I, can I share anything? Ooh, I got a, uh, I, I don't, I don't think I've shared this yet. I actually, I'm having Mr. Henry Franzoni on the show, uh, was able to set up an interview with him. So I'll be interviewing him later this week. Of course, if you've seen the uh, documentary Drumming for Bigfoot, which is a late 90s uh, Oregon, Portland area, um, <laughs> it's going to be a good interview, guys. It's going to be good. Okay. Pat doesn't forget. Last time I said that I had something. So here's the deal, Pat, about there's this guy I'm talking to right now. And it's it's a TikTok connection, and uh, it's intense, dude. It's still at the point where I can't share stuff, but he has stories passed down to him from his grandfather, uh, who was a miner, about Iowa. That would it's it's gonna make your head spin. Um, and I'm still at the point where I'm trying to, I'm trying to get this guy, uh, to actually commit to it. He says verbally, he's going to do an interview, but I still have to get him. I, I gotta get him on the podcast and recording. And once I get it recorded, you know, but man, it's, oh, I can't wait to hear his stories. The stuff he has told me about. You know, alluded to stuff around Van Meter, uh, stuff around um, Mar northeast of kind of around Marshalltown, but not really. Um, and also some stuff around Lucas, Iowa, too. Dude, it's wild, wild stuff, man. It, it's Man, if I can get this guy to come on the podcast to do an episode to share his grandfather's stories about Iowa, some of those stories could rewrite or could add to the, the Van Meter Visitors legend. I'm not even kidding. Like, I am trying my hardest to get this guy to commit to a time. Uh, let's see. Fifebot, it would be, they're like cryptid-based ones. They're pretty, pretty awesome. Hey, we got Alex from Sasquatch Out of the Shadows here. Hey there, homie. Good to see you, man. Um, guys, if you haven't uh, if you haven't checked out Alex's new movie over at Small Town Monsters Channel, um, it's so good. It's literally 
it'll probably be up to a million views by the time the second one comes out on Christmas. I'm not even kidding. Alaska Coastal Bigfoot. Did I get that right, Alex? Let me know in the chat if I actually got it right. Um, yeah, no, dude, it's so good. And um, Alex, thanks for reminding me. Guys, if you haven't subscribed to this channel, make sure you're subscribed. Hit the bell icon so you know the next time I go live. And also, do me a favor, hit the like button um, just so that uh, the algorithm can start working. But guys, we got about a little under 20 minutes left. Uh, if you've got a story, go ahead. Um, Alaskan Coastal Sasquatch. Thank you, Alex. Uh, if you've got a story to share, anything crypto-related, Bigfoot, weird stuff, UFO, aliens, stuff you can't explain, go ahead and uh, call on in. 515-809-0165. This is live on YouTube, recorded for the podcast. We've had some... Davis, do you even have to ask? Yes, definitely call on in with the rest of your stories. I'm here literally begging people to, to call in with stories. I appreciate you if you, if you want to. Uh, you've got an open invitation, Davis. Uh, 515-809-0165. Uh, we might be having a call pretty quick here. But uh, so far uh, today, we have had a shadow person story from Hides and Long Grass. A very interesting one. Uh, Area 51 called in, <clears throat> shared the story of the sheriff and the Bigfoot from Montana. Very, very interesting story. Was it a bear? Was it a Bigfoot? I don't know. I'm leaning towards Bigfoot, though. You're going to have to go back and re-listen to the stories. And tell me uh, what you think. People that are listening to this in the future, put down in the comments, do you think that it was a Bigfoot or do you think it was a bear? Let me know what you think. Rut row, it's party time. Call from Davis Adams. Hello, Davis. You're on the air. Hey. Hey, real quick. This is live on YouTube, recorded for the podcast, and keep it clean, please. How's it going? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Just having a fun Sunday night, listening to some stories and hanging out. So what we got going on? Well, I got a couple different stories. All right. Uh, some that are involved with the, the signs I told you about before, and then some that are a bit different. And then I have like a two sightings of stuff that's not quite cryptic, but they are like Lazarus species around here. Ooh, what's a Lazarus kind of gotten, species? It's the ones where people are convinced that they're in, extinct, like the coelacanth was thought to be. Oh, okay. Or the thylacine. Hmm. Like a, I actually, when I was at Crypticon, told Alexander Petikov about the one sighting I had, but oh, I didn't cool. tell him the whole story. Whatever you would feel I'll, comfortable sharing tonight, Davis. I guess I'll start off with uh, the Bigfoot stuff. I was out just kind of walking around, and I noticed a, a weird big trail in this one patch of woods. And so I went in, and then I found we have these vines that grow around that have all these thorns on them. Mm. And I was looking at it. And it was, it was not too long after my sighting, and I saw all these, these like patches of hair, that were caught on this thorny vine, and it ranged from like three and a half, four feet up to like six feet. It was the same color as like what I had seen before, on that creature. 
And so I saved a, a chunk of it. I found the biggest chunk and I got it off of there with some tweezers. Oh, wow. And I put it in a bag. But then ironically, like uh, someone, I left it out on the counter and someone thought it was trash and threw it away. <laughs> that, that, there you go. Oh, man, that's that's terrible. Oh, how, oh, that, how disappointing that would be. Oh, no. Yeah, and I always, I always thought it was weird because it looked like it, it like caught on something big that was walking by because most of the animals around here, like, I don't think I've ever seen them like touch one of those blinds. It's like they avoid it. Mm. But it seemed like whatever came by just didn't care and it got some of its hair ripped out. What uh, what color was the hair? Do you remember any specifics about it? It had stayed on there a while, but it was this gray color. Mm. So I was like, maybe this is what that the hair on that thing looks like after it's like just been sitting there drying out with like no oil or anything on it. And, um, and then, do you mind sharing what general region, uh, if that's something you can share? Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was actually only like a, about a hundred yards from where I had seen it. I think that's the right distance. Or, um, was like, it, I don't, from a certain part of the country, like uh, part of the country, it was it was in the same area of like Fayetteville, North Carolina. Okay. Uh, Mark has a yeah. really good question. Um, how far, or or how far above the ground was it? The lowest tuft I could see was like four foot ish. Okay. And then the highest was like above my head. I had to crane up to look at it how tall and then are there you was just one big five eight okay interesting and then there was just one big clump and that's the one i took and then let's see the other thing that happened is the other time i went walking around i was on the other side of the area of the neighborhood and i was about to cross over the stream and I just heard all this hooting and carrying on going up, but it was up in the trees. And it was in front of me. It was like 20, 30 feet near, but in the trees. And I honestly thought somebody was screwing with me. And I was just standing there going, where is it? Because I could not see it at all. Mm. But it sounded like it was almost right in front of me. And like an animal that commonly gets kind of blamed for calls like that at her barn owl exactly that i was just gonna say that yep because it almost got me gotten, in iowa yeah but i've gotten familiar with their chattering call that yep. people blame on it and like i heard it the other day when i was out at work and it just it just sounds nothing like it the closest thing was i had like recently like a week before listened to a lemur documentary the calls that the lemurs make was like almost identical to what this sounded like really that's interesting and, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, if I was in that situation, I'd pull out a camera or phone or get a recording of it. And I was like, that didn't cross my mind at all. I was too busy trying to figure out where it was coming from. Well, that's the thing. Like a lot of times in these situations, it's like unless you're actively there, like, you know, per pursuing Bigfoot, 
it's like the normal person is not gonna think oh i better get stuff and start documenting this right now but something you know if you go to that area again you you know you could get a solid uh recorder for like like a task cam for like 100 to 130 on amazon or you you know you can always use the voice memo app on your phone but uh dude i totally get it like unless you're actively in the mindset where you're there looking for it you're usually not going to remember to do it real quick yeah yeah i was one of those that i was like oh if i see it i'll send it and that did not <laughs> happen at all so i don't blame anybody that doesn't get footage of it wow so it sounds like you you've got something you might have something going on in that area that you definitely have to let us uh keep us up to date with if you run into anything else weird in that area yeah and that was back in i think 2010 my sighting was in may of that year and then like some odd years ago we moved and just nothing has happened at the new house Mm. good stuff so the more i think about the more i'm like a lot of stuff went down to that house and i'm just wondering what in the world was up with that house is there any weird history with that house at all None that I know of. Okay. No, I think gotcha. that neighborhood was just average, but it might have just been on the outskirts of maybe an area where certain animals can get through or not. I get it. I get it. And not be seen. All right. And that, and then, uh, oh, and there was one night I came down to get like some water or something. I'm in my pajamas or something, and I hit the light switch. And across from me, at the window, there comes this deep, short, like growlish grunt. Really? But the only problem was it was it was like level with me, and that, and where it would have had to be standing, the house actually sits like over about a foot above the ground. Okay. So that means that whatever it was had to have been at least like six foot eight, seven foot. Now that's weird. Yeah. Hmm. And there was only like 10, 15 feet in between me and that window. And I was like, I am not prepared to deal with anything in my pajamas right now. <laughs> You're like, it's not going down tonight. <laughs> oh, like, you man. need to wait till the daytime, buddy. Maybe, uh, maybe get some cameras up around the house. Who knows what you'll catch for sure. But And that, that brings me to years, years ago when I was little. Okay. I don't know what happened, but. My parents were like, hey, come look at this. And we went out, and then in the pine straw on the side of the deck, there was this huge kind of oval circle where something had, like, bedded down. And it oh. broken, like, some twigs and whatnot. And it, it actually really made my dad nervous because it was about big enough to where he could climb in it, if not bigger, and curl up into it. So he was concerned with what, what was this big thing doing around the house and what could it do man that that was right outside your house yeah and he ended up having like floodlights installed on that corner of the house and one night he thought he heard something and so he jumped up to look out and it ended up being not whatever that thing was it was like the air conditioner going nuts okay hmm there's something man those stories it's like it's just just weird enough like something 
I don't know, man. I would start keeping an eye out. That's weird stuff. Yeah. I don't know. That and, is some weird stories. And then not long after, this is where my one sighting took place. He, my dad took me out to see fireflies. And as we're like checking them out, I look over and there used to be, we're right up against this like school and they have this like field where you can do laps or whatever for mm -hmm. like gym. And there was a street light up against the tree line or this, just this light that they had out there. And I looked over and I saw something walk out under the light. And at first I thought it was a golden retriever. And then once it stepped forward in, I could make out the outline and the color of it. And I was like, Ooh, snap. That's a mountain lion. Yeah. You saw an outline. And the only oh, problem is, you know, they, they're not supposed to have been in NC since like the late 1800s. Yeah. And then flash forward years later, I'm in middle school or high school, just getting ready to go to school. And my dad comes in and goes, Davis, I think you need to come outside and look at this. And he had a car cover on his El Camino and it, it had just been shredded. Whoa. All along the sides of the car. Oh, man. And it was just weird because it was pretty clean, but not like a knife or scissors. And so we're standing there trying to figure it out. And I looked down, and on his chrome bumper there was the front half of a paw that was as big as my hand. Wow. That's wild. And you you talk to the DNR, and they're probably going to be like, no, there's none around here, you know? Yeah, I was like... Okay, that's uh, something's getting a little too close to the house. Wow, Davis, that's that's crazy stuff, man. You guys got to get some cameras up and start recording some stuff. I think, yeah. And uh, actually, the the next sighting I had there at that house, I actually got into an argument with my ornithology professor in college about, and I was out there. And something flew by, and I thought it was a crow, and I looked up, and it was a, a huge woodpecker. And as I'm looking at it, it has the big red crest, and he's just kind of hanging out. But then when he takes off, when he un he has his back to me, and he flies the bottom half of his feathers on his wing before it meets the, the joint that leans into the thing, into the tip of the wing. The bottom half is like it forms these white rectangular patterns, hmm. like clean rectangular. And I'm looking at it going, there's not supposed to be 90 degree angles in nature. That's what I've always been told. And that if that happens, it's very much a rarity. And so I, I ended up looking through school, some books, and then I looked it up later and it ended up being uh I had seen an ivory built woodpecker. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. And so I was trying to hard talk to my professor about it and he was convinced at first that I had just seen it pileated. And of course I got mad because he was trying to make fun of me in front of the rest of the class. And so I pulled up a picture of the side by side and I explained to him what he saw and he goes, I think he saw one and I think you really need to report it. So this yeah. this is the first time I've publicly reported it. So there you go, Doctor Jernigan. <laughs> there, there, there you go, dude. That's awesome, man. 
got some cool stories. Thank you for calling in and sharing them, Davis. Good stuff. And then, actually, at CryptidCon, the very last weird story I have, my dad was with me. And, you know, Charlie Raymond did his presentation on Bigfoot versus Dogman. And so my dad was trying to, was really wanting to check that out. And so we're watching it. And then Charlie gets into the, the descriptions and variations between the two. And when he started talking about Dogman seemed to always have glowing yellow eyes, it gave me flashbacks to a trip that we had. We had gone to, we were we were up at the Point Pleasant. We had checked out the Mothman Museum. Met, we met Jeff Walmsley, and that was great. Oh, cool! But then we we went to Talcott, West Virginia, to see the John Henry Memorial. And it was like between nine and eleven at night. I don't remember, but it was dark, and that town was just dead. And we pulled up to the thing, and they had it locked off. And we were arguing about hopping us the fence to just go look at it. But since it was like an actual park, we were like, uh, how illegal, how much trouble would we get in for that? And we were deciding to get back in the car and I look over and I thought I saw a firefly, but as I'm looking at it, it's just too big. And then there's two of them, these two glowing yellow balls. And the light is like pointed at me. It's not just like an ambient light. And they're exactly in unison with each other. And they're bobbing up the hill in this motion as if whatever it is is walking. And it looks as big as a person. And so I kind of turned to my dad and I said, did you just see them eyes? He goes, what? Those big yellow eyes. I thought it was fireflies, but it's just too big. It has to be like eye shine. And he goes, yep, we're getting out of here. (laughs) Where did you say that was again? It was in Talcott, West Virginia. Wow. At the John Henry Memorial. It's it's like a a hill. And then it leads out to this open flat spot. And then there's a statue or whatever. Because we went back like a couple months later on a different trip. But all I could see was, as I, I tried to describe it to him, it looked like somebody holding a pair of like flashlights pointed at you and then walking up the hill. Hmm. Wow, that's so I was, that's some weird stuff, man. I was like, I, was like, I couldn't see anything other than the yellow eyes, and I was like, uh, after listening to Charlie's presentation, I was like, was that a dog, man? And I just, I just don't know. Hard to tell. It it was something, but it, who's to say? You know, could be, could not be. That's a weird one, Davis, but. Thank you for sharing it, or thank you for calling in, sharing your stories, man. Yeah. Thanks for listening. You got it, dude. Have a good one. You too. Wow, all that hour went quick. Before we go, I want to share this uh, this thought from Mark Marcel. Got an episode with him coming up soon that I'll be releasing. More often than not, contemporary sightings and encounters can be backed up with a lot of historical accounts in the same area. They were probably not the first ones. Most of these historical reports were documented in local newspapers. Check your library slash historical society. Boom. Great advice from Mark. Thank you so much for putting that in. 
Uh, guys and gals and pals, we're going to be headed out. It is already the end of the hour, but make sure you're subscribed, like this channel, share it with your friends. Let's get more people watching, and I'll see you next Sunday night, 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Pat says, great stories, love this channel. Keep up the great work, Jeremiah. Thank you so much, Pat. Uh, and we got Fight Bot, Good Call, Davis, Area 51, great stories. Thank you so much all for spending your Sunday night. Uh, and have a, a great one. Again, if you want to have a cool emoji next to your name, join the channel, be part of the Squatch crew. But uh, I will see you guys uh, next week, Sunday night, 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Have a good one all. Thank you for listening to Bigfoot Society. If you like the show, please review and rate it five stars on iTunes. Hit the share button and send this episode to all your friends on social media. Subscribe to Bigfoot Society wherever you listen to podcasts. It doesn't cost a thing. Pick up a Bigfoot Society shirt or enamel pin over on our Etsy page and people will tell you all about their Bigfoot sightings when you wear it. At least that's what people tell us. That's what happens. If you'd like to become an official member of Bigfoot Society with a membership card, a community of like-minded individuals, and extra content each month, then please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by going to www.patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. Thanks for listening.